Warning, the podcast Under the Stairs is not safe for work. We'll feature movie spoilers and language which most listeners may find offensive. Brought to you in conjunction with Legion Podcast Network. Welcome to the podcast Under the Stairs. and welcome to the podcast Under the Stairs. This, ladies and gentlemen, is Baz v Halloween 2017 episode number three. We have reached the halfway mark of this epic competition and the current standings. Baz 3, Halloween 1. That's right, last week the Baz ran the train, made horror his bitch, made Halloween do things that, let's be honest, none of us were comfortable with listening back to um, and has walked away victorious for another week and given himself a comfortable buffer. He is two movies away from being unbeatable um, and three movies away from clenching victory. So let's hope, let's hope that he will not come into this episode smug. Um, so let's find out. <laughs> With that in mind, uh, we uh, like to take this opportunity to um, introduce to you that the really I, I need to int- I need to introduce him. He, he demands introductions. He also demands that when I walk in front of him, I put rose petals down in front of him. It's very very strange. His demands are becoming a little bit prince-like, if you know what I mean. Uh, brandy glasses full of brown MMs and um, uh, Aquavita. Uh, done at um, purely room temperature. He'll only drink at room temperature, which is gross, but that's how he is. He's the man, the myth, he's the motherfucking legend, and the diva, the Baz. Hola, my sexy week twa bitches! Baz is back in town, baby. Baz is back in town. Oh no, Baz! Shut your face, Halloween! No, Baz! Don't wipe your dick in my curtains! Too fucking late, Halloween! It's been done. You'll need them dry cleaned. Ah, <laughs> oh, there's not a deal if you dry clean it. Does not just like, does not just make it stringy. I don't give a fuck. Like, like a Week fo- three, big man. The gloves are off. Oh. The dick is out, and the baz is back on the green ginger wine. He's back hitting it hard. Back in the, the good old stuff. Stag Rouge is out the window, I'm back on the Whiskey Max, my friend. <laughs> I'm here for business. I'm gonna get shit done. <laughs> well, I hope so, because, um, like I say, last week was really... Oh, it was a, like a celebration of all things Baz, um, as you, you took head on the... what can only be described as atrocious paranormal entity. Yes, Blockley, we're still not forgiving you for that one. Yeah. And yeah. then my pick, which I don't know if I thought it was going to beat you, but you know I was holding out hope that maybe, maybe a little bit of home invasion would make you start looking around the house and maybe checking 
you know, two, three times that the door was locked. Um, and, and I mean, maybe checking out the back when it was dark to see if a man wearing a sack over his face was out there, but it didn't work. It didn't work. None of that worked. You just took that in your stride. Well, on that, here's an, here's an interesting little ditty that I'm going to throw in. Obviously, through the magic of the interweb, this is seamless. This is coming out days after the last episode. But in the intervening time since recording, I've been in Spain for a week. Uh-huh. Um, now, as Duncan and many of the listeners will know, the Baz is not a big fan of holidays in foreign <laughs> parts. Nor is he a big fan of the Spanish. Oh, no, Baz. Because they're an angry people. <laughs> but... It's now been compounded because you, McLeish, you have ruined not only holidays for me, but Spain in particular. Oh. When we were over there, we were staying in a big kind of villa thing over the back from my wife's family, her aunt and uncle that live out there. Mm-hmm. Um, and on like the second night there, there was only me, my wife and the kids um, and one of her uncle's sisters and her son were in this huge house on our own kind of thing, basically. And we were over the back in our aunt's place at a big family barbecue. We had forgotten something for my son. So I walked back round to the house on my own to get it. Passing by the top road, which on one side was entirely wooded. And it looked like the gaping blackened maw of hell. I then got into the very spacious garden with his own pool and everything and the house was in complete darkness and I actually started looking about for somebody just standing there like in a suit mm. with with like some kind of mask on or something I was, I was absolutely terrified I almost ran back to the barbecue once I retrieved whatever it was I was in for and then the wedding was out there and I thought this is going to go all wreck three on me and it, basically, the wedding that we were at was essentially on top of a mountain with like a 400 foot sheer drop on one side. And I thought, I'm going to end up diving off like this, like the man from the fucking Milk Tree advert. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? But just dying on the rocks below because I'm not very strong. Yes, yeah, so that was my holidays. Thanks very much, Don. <laughs> you are welcome. Oh, dear. Oh, that was awesome. Yeah, uh, I, uh, I, I was I was actually at one point thinking of firing up a wee Facebook live of me walking about showing you all of the places that have been terrified in Spain. But I thought there's there's people here that don't really know me that well. They do not need to hear the Baz come out on holiday. Do you know what I mean? Nobody it's, wants to hear that. I've, I've said I've said it before many times. One of the reasons I did some of those kind of drunk live kind of Facebook things walking home. Part of it is because like. It, you know, if something must happen to me, there'd be evidence on the internet. <laughs> I've seen a found footage movie or two, Baz. I know how it works. That's uh, it. <laughs> I'm talking of found footage. <laughs> speaking of found footage, <laughs> like I say, every time we manage to do one of these, that's what they call a segue. Segue! <laughs> um, well, the first movie we're going to be discussing tonight is a found footage and the second. So we're doing another double found footage feature um, up, <laughs> I don't know who you're going to be saying that after the dinner <laughs> uh, up first uh, we are going to be discussing the listener's choice this one came in from about, this one was actually probably the most requested of all the movie choices that came in weirdly um, it's a movie that I've been reluctant to let you watch actually 
um, and it's Megan is missing and we'll get into why when when we're going to do the review so Megan is missing is the first movie selected by the listeners and the second movie was uh, selected by um, I'm going to say me it's supposed to be me but it's actually my wife my wife was like that get Baz to watch this movie I was like, that really? Because <laughs> it didn't really do much to me. And she's like, I'm kind of, I'm a wee bit creeped out by it. And Corinne gets creeped out about nothing. I mean, she's lived with me for 11 years. So if she, you know, I think she's become desensitized. Yeah, gold, clammy wee hands <laughs> on her buttocks and stuff like that. Yeah, she, she, she should be immune to all this kind of stuff, but no. <laughs> she's heard me say, oh, there's a really interesting serial killer documentary coming up. Um, you know more than once and she's seen yeah. the glee in my eye when they're announced um, so yeah let me just slip into my latex bodysuit and <laughs> pop it on Corey <laughs> deploy the gimp mask um, <laughs> so the second movie is called The Blackwell Ghost and we'll talk a little bit more about that one um, when I watched it it was fairly easy to see um, and the two months since I not even two months month and a half since I watched it it has become nigh impossible to see unless you buy it online so um, yeah it's it's more mythical than the fucking film from the ring now basically it's it's kind of went a bit Poughkeepsie if you know what I mean Um, which is quite interesting and you would think in this day and age you would try and reverse that business model but um, I'm not going to tell them how to market their movie Baz I will not do that at all so yeah we'll talk about that it's our second movie Um, so Baz Yes. We have we have some <laughs> we have some depressing shit to talk about in this show. Oh my yep. god. This is not this one is the one that I can say hand on heart is not the feel good episode um of, of Baz v Halloween that that we all need, nay, that we all deserve. Um this one's this one's gonna be a bit of a rough ride. Uh maybe. I don't know. Maybe you'll kind of freaking laugh at this. Maybe this is another paranormal entity to you. Uh, we talk about tits. Uh, I don't know. Let's hope not with the next one. Let's hope not with the next one, Baz. That's all I'm saying. Uh, is there anything that you want to say before we descend into the the murky pits of um, internet predators? Uh, nothing that's not going to land me in jail, Duncan. No. <laughs> <laughs> you, know what, you know what we'll do before we start actually not that we're trying to mercilessly plug this show constantly um, but we are at the date of this recording just yeah just, just about a month away from um, appearing live Baz live in Glasgow oh god yeah, yeah. yeah so by the time this show drops out we will be about three and a half weeks away maybe uh, maybe still at the four week mark there or thereabouts from performing live so yeah I think we mentioned it briefly before but I want to mention it again because I believe ticket sales are doing really well um, yep. and that they're starting to run out so if you are in the, the Glasgow area on November the 5th or willing to travel to the Glasgow area yep, on November the 5th which is a Sunday uh, you should come out to the Classic Grand in Glasgow for um, the Popcorn Horror sponsored event which is Glasgow Horror Festival um, both myself and the Baz are going to be performing live there in a podcast battle uh, against our what I can only say now our, our, our new our new bromance of the podcast world we have kind of taken the a shot to these guys the sexy young boys 
<laughs> when you Sexy say it, young boys. When you say it like that, it, it, it sounds a whole lot worse. Um, yeah, just, just wait till they meet me. <laughs> yeah, me and Baz are internet grooming them at the moment. Uh, <laughs> it's, uh, it's Scott and Liam from Scott and Liam versus Evil, uh, a Glasgow-based horror podcast who um, I hadn't heard of before this being announced and I'm now a big fan of their stuff I really really enjoy it uh, religious listen to it so we're going head to head though so the gloves are coming off Baz we're not going to be nice to them they're not going to be nice to us yeah um, it's going to get dirty and naked and oily and sweaty and grimy and, and my concern is that it is being advertised as this very highbrow conversation which makes me think that the people at Popcorn have not listened to either show yeah um, it's going to be a muckathon it's going, muck- what it's going to be and rather interestingly what I've also noticed is that there is later on that evening obviously Duncan and I have free passes to the whole weekend because we're appearing at it but later on that evening they're having a kind of pub quiz style horror quiz thing. Yep. Which by that by that point you and me should be good and liquored up and we'll get hella serious about it so people could get hurt quite badly during that quiz. Yeah. Just saying. Yeah, bad. Things had... could get a bit cut punchy. <laughs> well, cut punchy? Cut bad, I don't know. Cut stabby, kicky, punchy. Cut know? punchy, is that like is that like from the like the committee where they like put their hands and No, <laughs> no, it's it's from old knife fighting days. <laughs> Um, I only ever used to punch somebody while holding a knife. It's good, it's good to know. It's been a wee while since we had a knife fight reference on the show. So yeah. It's good to see that's coming back. Um, so yeah, so we're, we're going to be at that event. Um, I'm very much looking forward to it. But the really exciting news is uh, a certain relative of yours uh, is also <laughs> going to be there for her first horror event with a which can only be described as, like, if I didn't know better, this kind of sounds like something you came up with. It, like, it does sound rather <laughs> seedy, but it is all strictly legitimate and above board, and I have had absolutely nothing to do with it, has to be said. Yeah, no, my sister-in-law is going to be there, the youngest of all my sister-in-laws is going to be there. She has just, uh, she graduated from art school there, um, just in the summer, and she started her own lingerie company, and she is doing a line of horror-themed lingerie, and she was actually at my house uh, yesterday, and she brought all her samples up, and people are going to lose their shit over it. It looks amazing. It looks absolutely brilliant, and she was texting me today with more ideas. She's got more fabrics and stuff like that, so... uh, Ladies, get yourself along. Check out Miss Vivian Lingerie. You can actually find her on Facebook and on Instagram as well if you just uh, search for Miss Vivian Lingerie. She's not put up too much from the horror stuff. All of her horror ranges are getting launched at the convention. So I don't think she's showing very much before that because she wants it for the convention kind of thing. But you'll be able to. Apparently she's had uh, pre-orders already. And she's told them, I'm not launching it until the convention. And they said, that's fine, we'll pay just now and you can send it out once the convention's finished. It's fantastic. Yeah, yeah, it's great, man. Big business, Baz, big business. Indeed. And and soon one day you will be able to retire and become like the the chief exec or the, I don't know, the the, the quality checker. (laughs) Yeah, I uh, I wanted to help her with the designs, but she told me that was a, a, a really firm no. Well, the, the only thing, and then my wife hit me. <laughs> the only thing that came out great about your designs is fabric costs were down, way way down, <laughs> way way down, because there's a lot of holes in my underwear. Don't you? It was just like a series of elastic bands, and that was basic. Basically, <laughs> it's like my crammy. It's just threads weaved together. <laughs> 
Oh, with that in mind, with that in yeah. mind. Let's talk about film, come on. Yeah, well, we need, I think there's, like, unless, unless I'm wrong, there's really no great way to, to crack many, many laughs about what we're about to talk about next. Yeah. So I, I just wanted to try and get a bit of levity at the start here um, and then apologise for the lack of it for the next review. So yeah, uh, we're going to take a very short break just now. You're going to hear the fantastic Baz introduction music, which uh, I have now since written. <laughs> for, well, I say written, pieced together. Uh, for Baz... Stolen. <laughs> stolen from people on the internet. Stolen from people on the internet and edited in a way which makes it sound original. Um, <laughs> that's what I do. That's what I do. And um, yeah, you're also going to hear the, the promos for shows that we love and the trailer for our first movie. This is a movie selected by the listeners. I'll tell you a little bit more about it when we come back, but it's Megan is Missing from 2011. Myself and the Baz coming right back right after this. Hey, feeling down? Feeling low? Not enough podcasts about movies in your life? Why not try... They must be destroyed on sight! The new Podcast Cure-All. Sure to get you right with the world and on a path to better living. We have exploitation, we have Italian horror, we have zombies, we have slashers, we have crime films, we have spaghetti westerns, we even have sci-fi and sex comedies. So take a dose of... They must be destroyed on sight! As needed, and let the hosts, Lee Russell, Daniel Harper, Paul Romali, and the odd guest host, cure what ails you. Warning, may cause atrophy, African consumption, black fever, bone shave, tin puff, colic, cramp colic, dropsy of the brain, elephantitis, grocer's itch, jaundice, mania, miasma, mortification, palsy, pox disease, rheumatism, scurvy, St. Anthony's fire, summer complaint, and worm fit in some people. Consult a physician before listening. I've written here, mm. this film is fucking shite. The film kicked my ass. I will never watch this film again. Never as long as I live. Jason Voorhees, I fucking the morning. Horror one. And horror should be fucking ashamed of itself. These guys are just a pair of fannies. Do you know what I mean? There is fucking nothing. It's... A collection of badly filmed scenes made by two pricks. If you feel that it's getting too sexy or just too awesome, just log the fuck off, get off the podcast, this could get cataclysmic. And without a word of a lie, and I'm genuinely not making this up, and I've never done this in my life, I just went, SHIT! My nervous system is at your disposal to be mocked by the fucking idiots that listen to this podcast. Oh, there you are. <laughs> Hello, my name's Amy Herman, and today's January 13, 2007. Oh, shit! The hot squad has arrived. Get the f*** out of my face. Oh, f*** you, bitch! <laughs> oh, my God! I was talking to this kind of cool guy, and he's going to be there, so I thought I'd check him out. Damn, all the hot girls in one place. Yeah, where you're not. I was at summer camp when I was 10. You were 10 when you did it? I'll just know. We'll know when the right guy comes along. Hey, Josh. Hey, cute girl. Ah. <laughs> Doesn't he look like Brad Pitt? Why don't you come on over here and play with me? And yeah, in your dreams, you dork. So, alone at last. 
I was just wondering if you talked to Megan today. No, I haven't. Megan Stewart, a beautiful, popular 14-year-old girl, vanished without a trace after going out with friends two days ago. The footage clearly shows that she encounters a man who appears to lead her away. I loved her so much, and now she's gone because of you! Well, now that you've come forward, do you fear for your own life? Do you trust me? Yes. What did she do to Megan? And welcome back. So you've just heard the trailer for this first movie review. This is Megan is Missing from 2011, directed by Michael Goy. Is that how you pronounce it, Maz? G-O-I? Goy? Yeah, I would think so. I'm glad. Just checking, making sure I'm not making a C-U-N-T of myself. Um because that I've been known to do that on pronunciations. <laughs> um Michael Goy also wrote this movie. Um the the cast uh I'm not going to go too deep into this one because there's really only some bit players in this this particular movie. But we yeah. have uh, Amber Perkins, uh, Rachel Quinn, Dean Waite, uh, Jail Elizabeth Steinmeier, uh, Cara Wang, Brittany Hingle. Wang. Uh, Wang. <laughs> what did I say? Wang? No, you, just, you said Wang. Uh, you it, laugh like a It made me snigger. You're a terrible... Uh, yeah, let's get out of our system now before the review. <laughs> out your, uh, right, um, synopsis for this one, nice and short on IMDb, it's one sentence, it says two teenage girls encounter an internet child predator, which is accurate. That is indeed, and then, then goes on to like a 14 page synopsis of the movie, yes. which is handy because I don't have any notes. <laughs> In fairness, it's not a movie that you want to take detailed, detailed notes on unless you're writing for IMDb. Um, yeah, so, like I say, I'll give you a bit of background and then the bass is going to roll into this one here. Um, this is a movie I saw not long after it became available to illegally stream. Um, and I knew it by reputation and that it, it was apparently dealing with some tough subject matters uh, and something that was a little bit disturbing to watch so of course I checked that shit out I was like can I sign me up watched it really didn't like this movie really had no effect or impact on me in fact I put it in the same camp as um, a Serbian film to be honest with you I just thought it, it wasn't very well done um, the acting was terrible and yeah, I remember everyone losing their shit about it. People still lose their shit about it, and I just it did nothing for me. And then I watched it within the last week, uh, and you came round to my house like a couple of nights ago, mm -hmm. and I said that I rewatched it, um, and most of my opinions hadn't changed except my opinions for the end of the movie because I am now a father, um, and I'd be lying if I said that the ending didn't get to me uh, and it's been a while since I've been able to say something like that about a movie um, so yeah and then I thought if this has done this to me there is a very very good chance it's done something a whole hell of a lot worse to Baz because I know that you have a tendency to really put yourself into the movies in a way that I don't um, and you have a daughter that's about the age of one of these characters so yeah, yeah. so I, I just want to Firstly, acknowledge that's why it's never been tackled in the show because genuinely I didn't see much merit in doing it. Uh, but having watched it again, I just want to say um, you should be ashamed of yourselves, ladies and gentlemen, of the listenership out there for suggesting this movie. 
knowing fine well that Baz has a daughter about this age. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. You feel fucking ashamed of yourselves, every single motherfucking one of you that suggested this film. And I reckon, in memory serves, there was about eight or ten people had this one as a, has Baz seen this? Um, so yeah, just saying. Don't know where this is going to go, but if you've upset this 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 kind, beardy man, <laughs> if you've upset my <laughs> There will be a reckoning, unlike you've never fucking seen on this show, right? That's all I'm going to say. Right, Baz, you sat down to watch this movie uh, after coming back from your, your holiday. Yeah, it was, it was very soon after getting home that I sat down to watch this one. Please let us know what you made of Megan is Missing. I certainly shall. Um, I'll, I'll state straight from the off, I was a bit worried about this movie. Um, for reasons that you've already stated... Duncan, um, I've, I've seen films that have referenced child abuse and things like that, and, and it does hit me quite hard um, yeah. historically. As you know, I've, I've got a daughter, as you say, my daughter's in the age bracket that these girls fall into. I've also got a wee infant son now as well, and yeah. this is double the fucking trouble kind of thing. Um, so, yeah, I was a bit concerned about this. I do remember this film getting mentioned, I think, way back early Baz V Horror time. I think when I started to lose less on Baz V Horror, and the, the initial Baz V Horror year for folk that didn't listen, it was very much uh, along the same lines as Baz V Halloween. I didn't get graded, it was whether or not the film got me or not. Yeah, every episode uh, did that. Yeah. So it wasn't yeah. just a, like one month of the year, we do it like the, the entire first yeah. year was that a was... competition to see who would win the movie or Baz. Yeah, and basically to try and destroy me. Um, and I'm, as the year went on and I was winning more and more, and I think this got mentioned round about then. Yeah. Um, I want to yeah. say it was in the bracket for... I've got it in my head that this was in the same bracket as an August Underground. Ah, uh, maybe. I'm, I think, and, and that one out, um, and yeah. I, I, I vaguely remember saying that pretty much every movie on this list looked like dog shit. <laughs> yeah, uh, I think you're right. Was, actually, that does ring a bell yeah. now. And that was yeah. me with the caveat of having already seen Megan is missing. I was just like, nah, bad. You don't want to watch that. Um, so yeah, so has it's been around a while, and it does. I, this one, like the last two years in particular, has popped up. Remember when I was doing the horrible impression of listener scene? Hey, why didn't you get past yeah, it? Yeah, this yeah. one always gets mentioned. Always gets yeah. mentioned. So. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I was quite concerned about this, and obviously the way you'd placed it, it was coming in the middle. Um, it could be had had Halloween been ahead, it could have been a tipping point for that. If I was in a clear run, it could be where Halloween starts to claw itself back. So it was quite strategically placed by yourself, Duncan. I've got mm-hmm. to say. Um, yeah, not looking forward to it at all when I sat down. Um, opens with the fucking usual black screen declaration thing that is based on actual events from actual cases. No, it's not. <laughs> Stop that. Although I will come back to that later on because I did see something after it. Um, as I say, I've not got notes in this, so I have this huge synopsis in front of me, which I'm not going to go through because it'll be boring as shit, so I'm going to kind of base it around that. Um, essentially the film is about two friends uh, Megan, the title of uh, Megan uh, and Amy who is like a best friend mm-hmm. there is a larger crowd of girls that are all around about the age of 14 um, but the two of them are the kind of focus of the film and they are, they're quite different Megan is 
it's incredibly cliched. She's like this uh, little kind of Lolita type figure, mm-hmm. um, you know, the kind of unhinged fourteen year old that uses sex and all this to get drugs and just there for a good time and, and slightly unrealistic. Do you know what I mean? Like yep. my daughter, as I say, is in this age bracket. I know some of her friends. Some of her friends are a bit wilder than my daughter is. You know, none of them behave like this. It's got to be said, and it is. It's almost like in a caricature of that teenage thing. And right for the start, the character of Megan is projecting this, and it just created a kind of sense of disbelief for me right mm-hmm. at the beginning. And Amy, on the other hand, is the complete opposite. She's the wallflower one. Uh, you know, it's mummy and daddy this and that. She's filming her, she's on her bed, just surrounded by all her teddy bears and all that kind of thing. Couldn't be further, you know. And they're the odd couple. You know, they're the best friends against all the odds. And I just don't see that happening either. Mm-hmm. What I will say is the actress, Rachel Quinn, who plays Megan, is about the best thing in this. She does actually carry off the character quite well albeit that the character isn't great yeah I feel terrible for saying this but Amber Perkins who plays Amy is not a good actress <clears throat> she's only a young girl yeah. but she's just not believable at all uh, it was a pretty poor performance it's got to be said yeah yeah um it starts off the basic premise is they're best friends there's you know Megan's uh, Megan's the wild one Amy's the kind of wallflower she's still a best friend there is a larger crowd of girls that Megan is friends with who kind of, in, in air quotes, tolerate Amy just because she's Megan's friend but they don't really understand why. They're all very into partying, going out, getting crazy and that and Amy doesn't really like to do any of this stuff. But she feels a kind of pressure to try and conform and follow them. Uh, the whole film is based around cell phone and kind of uh, FaceTime footage and stuff like that. Uh, Amy also gets given, at one point, a video camera as a a birthday present, uh, which she uses to kind of record a video diary, and that is used for this. It's kind of pieced together. And it's found footage. It's got that kind of home movie feel to it kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Um, there's early scenes there in the coffee shop these are all sort of put together to show that Amy's you're barely kind of tolerated really just as Megan's friend um, the the first kind of bit there's a bit Megan is talking to another friend uh, online I think they're talking about scoring drugs and this other girl is there with some kind of boyfriend who's named Gideon yep. who is about I don't know, 20 30, years. 40? <laughs> yeah, 20 years older than that. You know what I mean? And he's sitting in the girl's bedroom, arm round her and all that. Mother must be delighted. Um, <laughs> he's basically your friendly pedophile drug dealer. Um, and and it's clearly the other girl is only going out with him because he can get them drugs and all that kind of stuff. He, he looks about my age, do you know what I mean? But he looks like me if I was trying to be a surfer. Do you know what I mean? He's got that kind of surfer haircut and just looks like an old man with long hair. It's really bad. <laughs> yeah, if you um, had dressed up at, at Halloween as Richie Sambora, that's mm-hmm. 
<laughs> yeah, Dolly or Bodie from like, Point Break. Imagine me as Bodie. Oh, don't bass. I can only get so erect. <laughs> <laughs> um, and there's kind of chat about getting drugs, and he's basically trying to coerce uh, Megan into going round and having a three way with him, kind of thing. And it's kind of put across that way. They're all, no, I'm not doing that. You're disgusting. You're not, you know, but you kind of feel that they're probably going to do that anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, there is then there is a scene at a party um, where there's another guy. Now, what's his name? Josh. No, no, not George. Jumping way ahead, Duncan. Jumping way ahead. I've got to follow my thing. Ben. Uh, ben. Yeah. Ben the party king. Fuck off, Ben. You're 15 year old, mate. <laughs> ben basically organises parties. The most bitching parties in the valley or words to that effect. Do you oh, know I what I mean? Wait. I can't wait to hear your take on these, by the way. And uh, basically, it's only the fine bitches that get to come to Ben's parties. No, that's Ben, you're 15, mate. They're 14 years old. <laughs> I'm so, I don't care how bitching you think these parties are. They're not. Do you know what I mean? But basically, he's, he's trying to get Megan to come. Megan phones him or something about some parties putting on. He appears just to break into abandoned houses and set up like a DJ deck in the corner and then charge people 10 quid to get in, mm-hmm. which inexplicably, every high school girl in the area carries the $10 in her bra. Yep. Don't know why. Why not just keep it in your pocket, love? Do you know what I mean? Unless it's one of Ben's like prerequisites, which might be the case, yep. it has to be said. Ten, $10 with tit sweat, maybe. Yeah. I oh, see, now you're just getting me going, darling. <laughs> The whiskey's just kicking in. You can't be mentioning tit sweats or that's more. Anyway, um, yeah. So they go to this party. He doesn't want Amy coming to the party because she's a pure downer and all that kind of thing. Um, they all go along to the party, and it, it's it, it's quite seedy at this point. You see it. There's a bit. Amy gets. It's just kind of drinking just to be in with the kids. She goes to try and find Megan opens the door and Megan's basically blowing this guy mm-hmm. presumably for drugs or something like that and I do remember thinking this is a film that's depicting a 14 year old girl sucking a guy off yep uh, pretty crass man mm-hmm. do you know what I mean um, because it's while it's not porn it, it's pretty, it doesn't leave much to the imagination do you know what I mean there, there's you know, you see the visual from behind if you like, there's movement and all that's very clear what she's doing ah, that's a bit seedy considering mm-hmm. you've made a, a point of the, the dates of birth and all that come up on the screen so you know the age of these girls I didn't like that I've got to say, I thought that was pretty it's like what you say it's like a, that Serbian film type thing Yeah. do you know what I mean I didn't like it at all it was really kind of voyeuristic Um. Amy kind of apologises and leaves and then there's a, a scene later on where I think it's the oh the Gideon guy is at the party he tries to get Amy to do something she kind of says no and he punches her full on in the face mm-hmm. and again I'm like that I don't like even drug dealers do that do you know what I mean it was basically something like shows your tits no I'm not going to do that smack I don't think that would happen do you know what I mean? <laughs> you don't go around assaulting 14-year-old kids unless they've crossed you, if you're a drug dealer. Do you know what I mean? You just go punching them out in the middle of parties. I also hasten to add that for the most bitching party in the history of the valley or whatever it's supposed to be, 
There's about 15 people in an abandoned house. Yep. Pish. You need to <laughs> shut the fuck up, Ben. You're an idiot, sir. <laughs> My daughter ever turns up at one of them, I will fucking pull you inside out by your sphincter. I will reach up inside you and literally reverse you. <laughs> like a fucking sock puppet. That's what I'd be saying, don't um, yeah, but short, shortly after the punching bit, the, the bold Gideon manages to convince, or uh, maybe not Gideon, it's maybe the guy, because obviously Ben has people filming this illegal party that he's having, mm-hmm. where children are sucking him off. Yep. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, but if you could just walk about everywhere with that camera and film everything, you know, because <laughs> everything here is illegal, and everything here will land even me in jail at this point, do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Anyway, ignoring that little faux pas, um, the cameraman manages to talk to the chicks into kind of snogging each other kind of thing or taking drugs off each other's tongues. I think they are they are a lesbian couple. I think I think they are in the in the movie because I'm sure they say something about it. they don't make out in front of people, which makes me think that they make out elsewhere. If you know what I mean? So like possibly, it, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I think that was one of the details where I popped on. I was like, I don't really understand. Like it, it comes back to the writing um, in the movie, but yeah, like you were saying. So they managed to talk uh, two underage girls uh, into getting off with each other for for the camera again. Cause... Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then Amy throws up on their head, mm-hmm. which was it was quite an amusing scene. It has to be said, but obviously this pushes Amy even further down the kind of pecking order. Um, yeah there's that in the general background Amy has a very kind of stable family relationship Megan on the other hand doesn't her mum is very volatile she appears to have some kind of living boyfriend that uh, Megan at best doesn't go on with mm-hmm. she does imply during one kind of there's a scene where Amy gets her new video camera and she's kind of interviewing her. Yes. Interviewing Megan. And she then suddenly states that this guy's been fucking her since she was 12 or 9 or something like that. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But the character of Megan, you don't believe everything that she says. Mm-hmm. I, I can't, I can't, I, it was about a week ago I watched this film and like I said, I don't have any notes, but there is a scene in it where you, you know that she's lying whatever it is that she's saying, she's kind of exaggerating to make herself sound bigger and better. This, you know, being the kind of wild party girl that'll do anything is her thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and we see kind of early on that she's not against lying about it. So these accusations of rape by the kind of stepfather or the mother's boyfriend or whatever could well be true, but you, you kind of don't know. Yeah. That's that's the basic premise. That's the kind of setup for the film. Um when it actually kicks in itself, Megan starts chatting online to a guy. Um, I can't quite remember if it's just through like a PM on Facebook or so. There's obviously no certain social medias are mentioned, but something like that. It's like, yeah, one of her friends mentioned because she gets a photo of him before she speaks to him. Yeah, and it's this, she, is, it, is it Skater Dude or something? His yeah, name's sk- Josh. Sk- yeah, Josh, and he looks like the picture that's put round is of this kind of kind of bleach blonde, kind of young, youngish. You would imagine, kind of maybe fourteen, fifteen, maybe even sixteen yeah. year old sort of yeah. kind of skater kid, skater punk, yeah, yeah. sort of guy. Yeah, totally. Um, 
So Megan starts talking to this boy online, and it all seems fairly, well, obviously you're kind of suspicious because you know you're watching a film of a child abduction, but, um, you know, it appears initially quite innocuous and so on. Um, but, of course, his camera's on his laptop's been broken. Uh, and I did have a, a wry laugh at that because my daughter's obsessed with that catfish TV programme, and we watch that all the time, and the mm-hmm. amount of people that have... 10 year relationships with somebody that can't fucking Skype. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, there's a certain level where Come on now. you're a catfish. You know yeah, I mean? yeah, right. So your profile picture looks like a model. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. you can't afford anything yeah. that allows FaceTime yeah. chat. Yeah. Yeah. Your profile uh, photo looks like a model, and you are able to send me hundreds of pictures taken on a really nice camera of yourself, but you can't afford a laptop with a camera. Yeah. 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 Um, <laughs> so yeah so, so the chat's kind of going on between them and it eventually leads to an agreement to meet I think she agrees to go and meet my party she goes to the party because yep. he doesn't turn up but when she speaks to him the next day he rhymes off everything she was wearing and that he was clearly there and he said oh I was, I was too shy to come over and all this inexplicably she laps this up yeah Um as opposed to anybody else who should be saying, you sat and stared at me for four hours. Seriously. Mm-hmm. It's fucking wrong with you, mate. You know what I mean? You're a wronging. <laughs> um, she does then agree to go and meet him. And at the back of the diner, that just sounds rapey straight away. Yeah. Um, and that is really the last we see of Megan, pretty much. Um, she goes missing after that. Um, the fil- the title of the film comes from one of these kind of like trashy kind of news affair programs that we get in America and they run a special called Megan is Missing about yeah. this girl who's now gone missing kind of thing um, there's a big police hunt for her and all that at the time Amy's suspicious she doesn't think she's gone missing she thinks she's been abducted people are starting to think that she's maybe just run away but yeah. Amy doesn't believe that. She thinks she's been taken kind of thing. It should have mentioned, actually, Amy did speak to Josh at one point. Mm-hmm. Um, she was round at the house. And obviously, he seems like the nicest guy in the world. He was talking away. He had quite the thing. And after she goes missing, I think she actually contacts him. And he says, oh, yeah, I waited. And she didn't turn up kind of thing and all this, you know. Um obviously we're all kind of suspicious by this point kind of thing Josh and his intentions kind of thing uh, so it goes on a bit Amy starts to the, the other girls start to blame her kind of inexplicably mm-hmm. it turns out one of them appears to be kind of closet gay and was in love with Megan and she blames her she blames Amy for her going missing and all this kind of stuff you know <laughs> Um, there was an odd but earlier on, with, with, to do with teddy bears, for Amy mentions, this is all my teddy bears, my favourite one, I think it's Billy, isn't there anymore. Yeah. And then we find out later on, as the kind of police search is kind of winding down, Amy starts this video diary thing. And yeah. she's going about to places that they went to and showing you things that they did and all that. And she goes down to this kind of un- bridge underpass. And it's something about they used to go down there and just hang out and stuff, blah, blah, blah. And then she reaches in behind, like, the underpass bit and, and pulls out the bear. And it's this thing about, yeah, my mum told me 
to get rid of it, but I just couldn't, so I brought him down here and I can come and see him whenever I want. And again, I'm going, no mother in their right mind would force their child to give up their favourite teddy bear, regardless of how raggedy it looked. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It, it's just, some of the tropes they use in the film are just wildly implausible. Yeah, I've got like a really good handle on why why that is, and we'll discuss on it at the end. Cool, cool. So, but during that particular scene, you can see she's kind of near the motorway. The background is obscured by trees, but there is that kind of outline of a figure appears, mm-hmm. kind of watching her. You can't really see it. And it it's, I think it's supposed to be done that kind of like Mongo way, where you don't notice it the first time. Yep. And then when they go back and show you it later on, like, oh my God, he was watching it all along. It's blatantly obvious that there's somebody watching her kind of thing, you know. Um, she then goes back there later on as well. And as she reaches up to find Billy, he's gone and we just see this hand jump out and the, the camera kind of freezes at that point. So this is the point that Amy now goes missing. Now, up until this point, this film just did nothing. It was, it was badly acted. A lot of the plot devices were utter shit. Yeah. Um, there was so much cliche in it. It just made it completely unbelievable. There wasn't really any tension. There was nothing creepy about this. Even the Predator guy, there wasn't anything creepy about You're only hearing his voice, obviously. And this bit here, nothing. I will admit, the very next scene is kind of in documentary mode now, and it then says the following two pictures appeared shortly after this on a fetish website. Yeah. And were taken down due to the extreme nature of the content. I was like, oh, all right, and I just read that, and then these two pictures flash up on the screen, and the first is Megan's head, like through a kind of board. Yeah. Like, so there's a, a board with a whole kind, and her head is up through that, but she's got like these kind of jaw extenders in, and her nose is pulled, but like, it's like extreme S and M stuff, and she looks absolutely terrified. The second one is a kind of pullback from that, where you see the rest of her body underneath it. She's just in her underwear kind of thing. She's very dishevelled looking. There's bruises, there's blood and all that kind of thing. They are awful looking pictures, mm-hmm. it has to be said. And that did get into my head a little bit. That really... I do. I think because up until then it had been so bad, I wasn't really expecting much from them. But the first image of just her head really hit me, mm-hmm. I've got to say, and I wasn't expecting it. The last 20 minutes of this film are very different from the first 20. Mm-hmm. Um, it is essentially, it's Amy's video camera. It was taken when she was abducted. This fella, this Josh guy, then uses this to film what he does to her. Um, yeah, then he dumps it back. Yeah. Picked her up and the police find it. Uh-huh. You know, so, that in itself, it, like, like, He's abducted, working around then, he's abducted, raped and murdered two teenage girls. Yeah. And he has filmed it, okay, I'd imagine some of them do things like that, 
you wouldn't go back to the scene of the abduction with the camera, with all this footage in it, and put it in a bin for the police to find. It's very Poughkeepsie. It, it, is a, it is a bit, but see, in Poughkeepsie, you knew that the guy, you know, the, the perpetrator in Poughkeepsie, you knew was, like, next level kind of intelligence. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? That was part of it for him, was yeah. the game. This this character doesn't come across like that. I, it was just totally unbelievable. I, th- there's, there's a, there's, I, I have a slight rebuttal on that that I'll get into at the end. Um, just just okay. a slight one. Not, not, okay. I, I don't think you're necessarily wrong, but I think there are indications that he's a bit more sadistic in that sort of side of things, okay. uh, with just the rape and murder. But okay. We'll, we'll so, um, oh yeah, but one thing I forgot to mention is actually Amy does speak to him again. Um, and you see his character change. Yeah, well, this is what I was going to say. Um, <laughs> he yeah. literally says, you know, if you do not back off, um, you know, I'm going to come after not only you, but, you know, I'll destroy your family and all the rest. Yeah. And I think that's why he leaves the video. Yeah. It's, like the, it's like the final fuck you point to not only... Because she wouldn't back off. Mm-hmm. Although I think he was always gunning for her anyway, but because she wouldn't back off, he, he leaves that deliberately because he, he knows that that's just... He's already... It's the... But we'll get into it at the end. Sorry, there's just, yeah, there's a couple of things I need to say. Yeah, yeah, no, listen. Um, so, yeah, basically the last twenty minutes of the footage filmed in this kind of cellar dungeon thing that he yeah. appears to have access to our own. Um, we see Amy kind of in her underwear. She's kept in this cell. Um, he kind of he, he makes her eat out a dog bowl. Uh, you know, without her hands and that, in order to get, like, he has her teddy bear and that, and I'll give him back if you eat out the dog bowl and all that. Just exerting that kind of, you know, the dominance, there's the whole control thing yeah. over it. Some of that's kind of, well, obviously, it's not nice to watch. Um, there, there is a particularly unpleasant rape scene mm-hmm. um, where she is taken into a room, and it, it's that board thing that we saw in the photographs with Megan but she just kind of gets slammed down on it all we can see is her kind of head and shoulders it then becomes very apparent that he's raping her like she's going backwards and forwards and obviously she's screaming in pain and fear and all that at the start and then it just gradually dies off and I will give that wee girl a juice she did this very well because it's, oh, it's quite it reminded me a little bit of a reversible. It, it, it's a quite a long rape scene. Yeah. Maybe not to that extent, but it's quite long. And she does just eventually kind of submit into it. You know, she stops crying, she stops screaming, just lets it happen. But then at the end, he kind of slams his hand down and it's covered in blood. Yeah. He didn't need to do that. No. We all got what was going on. We don't need to see that he's cut her. Do you know what I mean? Uh, you know, there's blood involved in what's happening. It's things like that that really bugged me about it. Mm-hmm. Um, it then goes on. Um, it keeps panning by this big blue water barrel. It's pretty telegraphed. You know that there's something going on with this barrel. Um, he then seems to imply to Amy that she's going to get set free. He lets her out. I just need you to get into this barrel. Um because I don't want you to see where I live. And he pops the lid off, and 
Megan's bodies in there. Yeah. The, the, the effects there were pretty good. It was quite, I wasn't quite, I, you kind of knew she was going to be in there, but I wasn't yeah. expecting it to look, look the way it there, Effects there are fucking brilliant. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, they were. Um, and then she's bundled into it. And then we go into the final scene. Basically, she's sealed into this uh, barrel thing with Megan's body and then taken it into the woods. And the scene you get is the base of the barrel a shallow grave thing and him digging it and it's her voice pleading with him mm. uh, you know she's trying everything I love you I'll do anything you know I won't see my family anymore blah blah all this kind of stuff just because she's terrified of what's about to happen and at the end he just kind of pushes the barrel in and then starts throwing the earth back over it I get what they were trying to do there but it just went on so long that it actually became boring. And I know right. that's kind of terrible to say, considering what you're seeing on screen. It just lost the impact for me. Because I remember thinking, hole's not that deep. Mm-hmm. And he's digging, and I'm like, there's no way they're going to jump forward, because I think they actually state that the last 20 minutes are shown kind of... Unedited. Yeah, you yeah. know. And he just digs and digs, and it's just her, you know, whimpering and begging and trying all this stuff. Yeah, and, and it is quite harrowing. I just felt they did it too long, that to the point that it just lost its impact. Right. Um, and basically, that's the big ending: is the two of them get buried alive. Well, she's still alive when in the barrel gets buried, kind of thing. Um, and I think what got me there was. The whole buried alive thing is a particular terror of mine. I've already seen it this year in the Houses of Halloween. Mm-hmm. And that idea of being buried with your friend's dead body and that would normally kill me. And I just think they pushed it so far that it didn't have an effect on me at the end. Like that ending really should have kind of floored me. Mm-hmm. And it just didn't. Um. And then basically the film ends. There, that's that's Megan is missing. Um, I have thoughts on this film, All right. but I can I need to speak about them at the end. So you relay what you were going to say. Yeah, I think t- to me there's a couple of big issues with the movie. One of them is particularly, and you've kind of hit the nail on the head with with some of my issues surrounding the movie and it's the the unrealistic portrayal of teenage girls yeah. now I am not a teenage girl I was no. never a teenage girl right so I, I I can't I can't begin to and I mean this is set in a different part of the world as well so what teenage girls in Scotland do is completely different to what teenage girls do in America um, you know because like social circles uh, yeah, yeah. and things are completely different out there um, and I think on some level and I might be this could be my naivety because uh, I've only got a three and a half year old but I think Americans force their kids to grow up far too quick I don't know if that's just a stereotype I'm projecting on them uh, to be um, honest I think we do it in this country now as well don't do you think I, I, I think I just, that's just a thing now kids yeah. interestingly somebody said to me or I was listening to a thing on the radio recently actually and they reckon that girls have lost three years of their childhood in the last in the last twenty to thirty years, they grow it's up just, three years faster. It's just horrific, and yeah. I, I think 
my big issue here is that you have this movie written by this Michael Goy guy, directed by Michael Goy, who is ostensibly, as of, I think, this year, a 55-year-old man. <laughs> so when he wrote this movie, he was late 40s. So yeah. how does a, a late 40-year-old man write from the perspective of troubled teenage girls? Yeah. I think that's where the, the, the very overtly cliched, not realistic kind of stereotypes of these girls and some of the horrible dialogue comes in. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously, for, for, for very strict sort of uh, legal reasons, um, the the actress that plays Amy is not 14. She was 20 when the movie was made. She just looks very young. Just in the same way they used to do with, what was it, To Catch a Predator? Yeah. Um, where they would have, like, you know, like women who could pass as teenage boys or very Yeah, I mean, that, the, the, worst, the worst basically is the character of Megan. Because she's the kind of vivacious kind of that girl is is essentially attractive girl. There's no getting yep. by it. Mm-hmm. But it's because it's like you say, she'll be eighteen, nineteen, whatever it is, which actually made this. Yeah. But it's yep. fourteen. So you're watching it and you're getting aroused by what's supposed to be a fourteen year old on the screen. It's it. it Do you know what a, I mean? It's, it's a horrible. It's yeah. A, to be honest with you, just I understand, like when you think of. I understand what he's trying to do here, right? As a director, um, mm. he's trying to play into parental fears. Yeah. Um, and, and this is a big issue. It was a big issue in 2011. It's even more uh, an issue nowadays because technology has evolved in such a way that kids can't just be groomed off the internet. They can be groomed off multiple apps on their phones and, and, and whatnot. You know, the, the game has changed, but this particular game is still relevant, which. And a lot of ways is quite surprising because a lot of movies that feature sort of tech-based um, situations, like we spoke about when we did, uh, when we spoke about what was it, um, Unfriended. Oh. Like me and you spoke about that, and we were like that. In about five years' time, that movie is going to be so fucking dated. Yeah. Um, because you know, like all the all the things the kids are using will, just will not be there. And the case of this one. It's it's you know they never show you apps or anything like that. It's just two people chatting online. That that will I would imagine will continue for for many years to come. Mm-hmm. So I mean from that point of view, he nails that. I just don't think the writing's very good, and I don't think the acting's great. And where the yeah. where we watch something like Poughkeepsie, and once again is that kind of almost like teapots bingo where you can like a Lake Mungo reference and a Poughkeepsie reference in every episode uh, and Poughkeepsie we have first ones to acknowledge that easily 50% of the acting in that movie is oh, not yeah. good yeah absolutely good. Yeah. but that movie knows that it doesn't have to show you anything to be uh-huh. terrifying yeah but like to, to be actually terrifying this movie really it, it kind of goes for that shot value the hand with the blood uh, and the rape sequence to me very much like you is like it's a level of shock we don't need because we've just seen we've just seen fr- like the, the the girl's face being like you know tortured and raped against her will yeah and for about character, two minutes yeah our like, ca- like the psyche of her break we see her uh, we see that break on screen um, and I echo what you say I actually think she plays it fucking brilliantly in that part although I don't think her character's great throughout yeah. Um so, so we we have that aspect. I think we kind of touched on it. I think the guy gets off, and not only the torture of of um, 
of of these girls. But I think he is a bit more sadistic, if you know what I mean, with these things. And I think he maybe is. I think the fact to see that that video is like not being edited or stuff at the end, he is incredibly careful to make sure that he is not seen in any of that footage, and that's why that video's left. Mm. Um, and I would imagine the way he's done things as well is he's. So the, uh, this is the bit that this is the bit that, that messed me up is the fact that what what's worse as a parent is it worse to know that your child your child is missing and not know what happened to them or to see that video yeah and that's the bit that kept playing over in my head and that never happened to me the yeah, first time that's I watched quite this interesting actually. I hadn't thought of it that way and that that crushed me that that actually crushed me watching it the, the second time it was like that would I want would I want to know mm. and the police don't necessarily the police would not show you that uh, no uh, but but the fact that and that's in some respects is even worse is that you know that your child is dead you know that there's evidence and video of it but you can't see it, it, it just it messed with me it really really messed with me and like I say the first time I watched this movie it did fucking nothing at all I got to the end and I was like what a pile of shite mm-hmm. um, and this time not, <laughs> not so much and that, that scenario I, I had the Baz reaction <laughs> that scenario got stuck in my head and I couldn't shift it. I could yeah. not shift it at all. And I was like, what What would, I, you know, as a parent, what would I, you know, what What would I want? What would I want? And I, I, I just, I, I'm kind of with you. I think the end sequence goes on a bit too long. Um, I don't think I, I have the, the kind of visceral kind of, it, it goes on a bit too long, so it gets a bit boring thing that you have, but I am very much aware of how long that end sequence goes on for, and it's a while, and I know why it's there. It's to hear her pleading and all that. Yeah, rest. yeah. I mean, I get all that. I just didn't have the, did it. Yeah. yeah. The, the one thing I will say, which really kind of pissed me off about the movie, and unfortunately it comes back to Amber Perkins, who's playing Amy in this, is that she does not have realistic reactions to things. She's just shown her, her decomposing best friend's corpse in a barrel, and apart from shouting no a couple of times and trying to run away, that's about the extent of it. Plus, she's putting a barrel with her decomposing friend. There's no retching sounds. There's you yeah, know, exactly. I, there's exactly. The smell small, alone. Small attention to detail on these things go a lot. And see if that had been in the movie, you wouldn't even need to put a bloody hand on there. I would be gagging watching mm. that. You know. Um, so so yeah, I I, I have huge issues with this movie I don't think it's very well constructed I think it's a very crass ham ha- ham-handed way of delivering a message about internet paedophilia internet grooming and, and, and internet predators that being said um, the last 20 minutes of this movie actually got the reaction that I imagine the director is aiming for from me this time didn't mm-hmm. get it the first time I watched it Um but but got something for me so much so that I thought about it for the whole day after watching it. Um, I, I couldn't quite like I say, it's just that scenario. It's not what happens to the girl, which is in some ways very telling of how fucking warped my brain is nowadays. Um, but there was like a causality loop stuck there of in that situation as a parent. What you know knowing that my child was gone forever, what outcome would I rather have? Yeah. Um, and that, that fucked me up. So, mm-hmm. that's, 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 all, yeah, that that's all I have to say. 
um, on this movie. So, um, kind of sounds like maybe I'm not going to have to to go raw on the listeners here, but you've led me up the garden path before, Baz. Um, anything you said, you might have a couple of things you want to say before we get the question. I think you, in order to see these, I think you need to give me the question. Okay, okay then. Right, so Baz, this is movie number five, and episode three of Baz v Halloween 2017. So on the stage of battle, the immortal pantheon, where war has raged for for four years now, and it will rage for many, many more. Um, and this contest, with this particular movie, Megan is missing. I need to ask you, who won? Was it Baz? Or was it Halloween? It's actually quite interesting, Duncan. Um, I sat and I watched this film under all the strict Baz v Halloween conditions. And by the end of it, I was just like, nah, that was alright. It's not a mm-hmm. very good film. It's quite, sh- quite a shit film, to be quite honest. Um, and, and the things that I had worried about didn't surface. Mm-hmm. Um the, the poor acting, the poor kind of script, the clumsy kind of plot devices just kind of killed what I assumed to be the desired effect and what I think a lot of people thought I would get hit with with, yeah. it, with this movie. But then something really weird happened. I, I went to bed. I couldn't get it out of my head. Mm-hmm. And the longer time went on, the more bummed out and just horrible I started to feel. Yeah. And for a film, it it literally, with the possible exception, I was a bit jarred when that initial photograph of her with all the kind of torture gear on came up on the screen. That did, that got like a bit of a slap in the face. But with the exception of that, the film didn't... I just didn't feel it had any impact on me and it was just like this weird-ass slow burn into the next day and I couldn't get it out of my head. And weirdly, I kind of didn't even equate it to my daughter too much. All right. But then I kept freaking out about the wee fella. I think it's just because he's, you know, he's so small. Mm. He's, he's completely innocent and there's... You know, he can't protect himself in any kind of way. You know, while my daughter's on a kind of age par with this, I like to think, you know, she's intelligent and I've spoken to her about things like this and she is able to, you know, kind of defend herself or or, or make her own decisions, whereas he's so small, somebody could just literally pick him up and walk away with him. Mm -hmm. And for some reason I started to fixate on him and I just ended up incredibly bummed out I remember sitting in my bed later on like reading and I couldn't read my book for thinking about it and then it was a bit like Bad Ben I was getting annoyed about Mm -hmm. this film having got to me and at the end of the film I was like "Ah, easy win for Baz and if I'm being completely honest one of the reasons I don't have notes for this is I didn't want to watch the film a second time yeah and if I'm being brutally honest, as I am required to do in this particular sequence of shows, Halloween one. There we go. That's not where I thought you were going. 
like genuinely it wasn't were going to it, and it wasn't how I was at the end of the film I'd watched the whole film and I was fine and it was after the film and I don't mean like literally it started when the film finished it was a while later I started to think about little bits and then I couldn't figure out what was wrong and I realised I was all kind of bummed out because I kept thinking about it and it just had this weird delayed effect on me but it really did make me feel bad this film um, and for a film of this nature it's not going to frighten you really it's going to make you feel bad it's going to make you feel terrible yeah. kind of the way Poughkeepsie did but whereas Poughkeepsie had me like that by about a quarter of the way through the movie this film for some reason it was half an hour an hour after it yeah um, but yeah if I'm being honest Halloween one with this I, I mean I'm with you like there's there's I'll never watch this movie again I like don't ever. think I will either, which no, makes no. me begrudge paying for an American import <laughs> copy of it because you can't get it in this country. <laughs> yeah, I'll, ne- I'll, I'll, ne- I'll never, I'll never watch this movie again. Um, and kind of like I, I don't often get the the you know this movie is terrible, but it, it gets me. Uh-huh. Or something, you know, something gets me. I never get that buzz. If a movie's terrible, I just don't like them. Yeah. Um, and and that's my takeaway feeling. I never get that. And I've heard you describe that twice now, um, during Baz v v um, Halloween series in particular in memoriam last year, mm-hmm. uh, and Bad Ben this year. But I've heard you mention it in other reviews of movies where you you've literally said, you know, this movie is not a good movie, but it's just something about it that got me or just in general conversation and I've never had that experience until watching this movie again and it's shitty it's not shitty because of the you know the the fact that it made me have the desired effect of what the movie wants it makes me it, you know t- to me it almost feels like it's targeted at parents um, more than it's targeted at teenagers which I think the message in this movie should be targeted more at teenagers than it should be um because I just don't think many teenagers will be able to relate. I, once again, I might be totally wrong is about it, that. Weirdly, there is a little bit of me that wants to make my daughter watch it. Now, look what could happen. Yeah. yeah <laughs> look what could happen to you if you don't listen to me. You, you know? end up in a barrel. Uh, um, it's, it, but I kind of feel that's the target audience, but I also feel that it's probably more effective against parents. I, yeah. I genuinely think that that's its, its niche, is it's where it's angled. And I am tantamount to furious with myself that a movie that had zero impact on me less than five years ago um, consumed me for mm-hmm. a day. I mean, they really, really did, like, I had to go, I was I was at work that day, and it just kept going over and over in my head, so um, I respect your position on it. I, I really do respect what you're saying about it, and I respect your honesty on it. Because I was that original feeling you had when you switched off the movie five years ago. Yeah. Very, very, very strange. It's a strange one. It's a strange one. It's been a long time coming. Uh, I'm glad we've done it, but like I say, I'll never watch it again. Never. Yeah. I think I'm with you on that one. Oh, right. So there we go, ladies and gents. That's a win for Halloween and a second win for the listeners, which put the listeners two up. The Baz is sitting at three. There is one more movie to review on this show this could potentially give me my first one which I'm so badly needing uh, but could also draw things at the halfway point 
which would make things interesting. We've been here before, ladies and gents, uh, more than once where we've reached the halfway mark and, and Halloween's come back storming. Uh, but this one is uncharted ground because uh, like, literally the next movie did nothing for me. So uh, there may be a divorce in this if this one doesn't get you. Uh, so yeah, we're going to take a well-earned break just now. Um, you're going to hear promos for shows that I love. You're going to hear Bazzy's song choice for this episode and it's a thumping fucking good one. Um, and then you're going to hear the trailer for The Blackwell Ghost. I'm going to give you a bit more information when we come back after the break. I still why there's a very good chance you've never heard of this movie before. Um, all that and more coming up right after this. This is a distress call from across time and space. I am Babs the automated biological support system for the humanoid known as the witch. Which versus the Doomsday Clock is the weekly chronicle of his fight for survival and entertainment on the junk heap of the future. Episodes are transmitted in 15-minute pulses across the Dimensional Divide weekly for your listening pleasure. As you will learn, the future is not set in stone, and a flux capacitor is a girl's best friend. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, SoundCloud, TuneIn, and on your Android device. Come join the rest of the Meat Popsicles in our Facebook group, facebook.com slash groups slash witch vs the doomsday clock. The replicant known as witch can be found on Twitter, Facebook, Tumblr and Instagram by searching for T-H-E-W-Y-C-H. The Witch vs the Doomsday Clock is a proud member of the Legion Podcast Network. Now in the words of Lord Humongous. Just walk away, and there will be an end to the horror. Did you ever think, when the hearse rolls by, that someday you are going to die? Oh 
this is a real video. It came straight from our machine, yet people still think it's fake. The public is always gonna think it's fake, even if it's real. This is the camera. I'm about to set it. It records all night, and we got every camera in the house out here rolling on continuous record. Stay here, all right? This is a recording. Terry, call, call the fire department right now. We're sorry, the number you have reached is not in service. Please check the number or try your call again. And welcome back. So this is the final movie review of episode number three of Baz V Halloween 2017. Ladies and gentlemen, this is my movie choice this time. I chose a little movie called The Blackwell Ghost. Now, um, I know some of our listeners like to go through uh, all the movies with the Baz, take their own opinion on it, and there's a very good chance that you may have had to resort to less than legal means to see this movie. Now, I just want to say up front that I saw this movie completely legitimately about a month and a half ago on Amazon Prime. My brother-in-law had sent me a message saying, oh, checked out this movie last night, freaked us the fuck out in the dark, him and his girlfriend, um, you should check it out. And I was like, oh, here I fucking go. Everyone's always recommending movies to me, Baz, because I'm the horror guy. Um, and most of them are not very good and or scary right? <laughs> it's just the way it goes so here we go and I'll tell you what the only reason I hit play on this one is that this is the sort of call you want to take it's a short movie <laughs> like, this is not even an hour it's like 59 yeah, minutes it's 57 minutes but this is the sort yeah. of call that I want to take Baz so um, so yeah I, I pinged this up watched it got to the end of it me and my wife watched it got to the end and I said to her I was like that <laughs> Well, that's another recommendation that goes on the pile, the shit pile. Um, in fairness, I really enjoyed the movie, it just did nothing for me. And quarry was like that, I'd, I'm kind of freaked out. And I'm like, fuck off. So I'm kind of freaked out just now. And I'm looking at her. I've never known Corrine to be scared of a movie. And she watches, like, she's watched it, like all the horror movies, been all the, you know, she just doesn't get scared of anything. Um, in movies anyway uh, plenty of real life things that will scare her like spiders but um, you know when it comes to movies <laughs> she's like she's fucking fine with them and the fact that she was a bit creeped out and then she looked at me and she was like that be interested to see what Baz makes of this I'm like not you as well come on I've got enough fucking people honestly Christ man what is it with people and me <laughs> leave me alone so I was like right cool so I went on the list and one of the reasons that I went on the list like a couple of the ones already um already seen as it was on Amazon Prime so I was like Baz you can get this one nice and easy free 59 minutes kapow and Baz come back to me a bit a week later saying this is not on Amazon Prime and I was like fucking Baz you're such such a fucking granny when it comes to technology you're like a <laughs> like, like a granddad that's been asked to program the digital clock on his microwave um, well, can, can we bear in mind I'm an IT developer well yeah but that doesn't yeah people people have to hear some of the palaver we go through to record to understand this bass, right? <laughs> not saying you're, no, I'm not saying you're useless with technology. I'm just saying that it breaks around you. Um, 
breaks a lot. It does, yes, yes. Yep. So, um, so I was like, nah, I'll find it, clicked on, and sure enough, it's on Amazon, but you can't watch it anymore. They've pulled it from Amazon in the UK very strangely. So I don't even know if this is available on Prime in the States anymore. And it looks like the only legal means to watch this movie is to buy it off their website, which is blackwellghost.com. Um, there is no listing on IMDb for this movie. There is no Wikipedia page for this movie. Um, so Baz has got some extensive notes because trust me, if he did not have his extensive notes, there's not, you know, we'd be relying on memory and there's not a whole hell of a lot that happens in this movie, but there is things you want to talk about <laughs> and things you yeah. want to highlight. Um, and I have not been able to rewatch this movie since watching it the first time. Uh, interesting that the only thing I know about this movie is the director's name is Turner Clay um, and you cannot find anything about him online which makes me think it's a pseudonym to play into the fact that this is being reported on many many websites as is this a real haunting which seems to be the takeaway from it um, in that they think that it's real yes the way it's presented and the way it appeared on Amazon, not under the movie section, but under the documentary section, um, makes a lot of people feel it's like the, those most haunted, like TV shows, like a grave encounter sort of thing that's appeared at perfect documentary le- length in the documentary section on Amazon Prime, which I get the feeling is like I actually think this movie could have one of the best marketing campaigns I've seen this year. It, it looks like I don't think it's an accident that it was pulled. Um, I think it went up there, it started getting a bit of good press and they've pulled it to release in some sort of physical format later on down the line. Either that or just demand more money from streaming sites. Um, so yeah, with with all that in mind, um, all, all I can really do is give you the loose synopsis, not even a synopsis, as listed on IMDb. There's no cast, I can't tell you who plays who in this movie or anything. Um... On the website, when you log on to blackwellghost.com, you get a little bit of information about Ruth Blackwell, and it puts in brackets, spoiler alert. It says, suspected of killing seven seven children in 1941, after she was detained for the gruesome murders, she was believed to be admitted as a patient to the trans, I can't even pronounce that word, Allegory Lunatic Asylum in Weston, West Virginia, where she eventually died. The location of her grave is unknown and no other information regarding her death can be found. Ruth Blackwell is now believed to haunt the house where she committed the murders. The house owner who lives in the house uh, for most of his life claims that this home has been haunted since he was a child. Strangely, both Greg's mother and father died in the house and he won't rule out the possibility that the ghost is responsible for their deaths. So with that massive preamble at the start, giving you a bit of information, hopefully you do find this. Baz found a way... So if Baz can find a way, you can find a way to see this movie. Um, although I would not be against throwing a couple of bucks in and watching this movie. Because um, like I say, I thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, even though it didn't scare me. Let's find out how you got on Baz. So with, with everything out of the way, right at the very start of this episode, uh, or review, sorry. Uh, can I ask you, what did you make of the Blackwell Ghost? Yeah, as you say, don't... Uh, <clears throat> You can't find this film 
using a search engine you'll find it um <laughs> I, I hate doing that, you know that, the, the listeners should know that by now, um, it's not a thing I enjoy doing, I would much rather get it legally by a streaming site, you know, like a legal streaming site, or, or buy the thing, mm. um, and I'm more than happy to do that, but it's just nigh on impossible, um, I didn't even know about the website, to be honest, um, yeah. you had sent me a link after we realised that it was no longer on Amazon, when I finally got around to watching it, that link wouldn't work. Um, and time being of the essence, I just had to buy it into a search engine and I managed to track it down. So it's not impossible to find. Um, but just not legally, to be quite honest. Yeah. I've done, um, I've done, while you were chatting there, I've done a bit of investigation. It is available to purchase on Amazon and it's under Prime in the States. You cannot purchase to watch it in the UK. No, you can only watch a trailer here. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, so the Black Bell Ghost, as Duncan said, it's just shy of an hour long. It's 50 something minutes long, 57 or 59 minutes long. Mm-hmm. Um, I found footage uh, that kind of Blair Witch documentary type. So, not a full documentary like the last broadcast. And it doesn't play like a documentary, it plays like a guy trying to make one. Mm-hmm. Um, and it opens with a filmmaker whose name I've not managed to capture on two watchings of this. I just <laughs> call him the filmmaker. Um, he basically explains, you know, he went to journalism school looking to do film, ended up making zombie movies. Um, and now he is out to prove the existence of ghosts. Um and he states right at the beginning that up until about a year ago he was a committed non-believer in things like that. But then in September 2012 a video appeared online and we see the video and the way they put it across is this thing just appeared on YouTube and it's essentially security footage from inside a hotel. We hear the kind of control room saying there's screaming coming from inside the room. We see a security guy approach the room they're telling me wait for the police. He doesn't, he opens the door and goes in. And I actually managed to catch it myself about two seconds after he goes into the room. We don't see inside the room. But about two seconds later, a very, very faint shape appears to come out of the door and move up the hall. And shortly after this, the guy comes back out of the room, very freaked out. Um, we hear Control saying he wants the police called, he wants the police called now there's no one in the room but all of the furniture is upside down mm-hmm. so this video allegedly appears on YouTube kind of goes viral and our filmmaker guy sees this kind of takes an interest in it we jump forward a couple of years to 2014 Lexington, Lexington Kentucky which is where this filmmaker guy lives and he is wanting to make a video about this, about this alleged sighting of a ghost. Um, the guy in the video that we see enter the room is a guy called John, just a hotel worker, some form of security or something. Uh, he reaches out to the filmmaker guy through a mutual friend that they have on Facebook or something. We see them calling. There's a kind of phone call. The filmmaker guy says, you know, I don't get what I saw, you know, you know I, I get what you're trying to say with the thing, please just tell me now if, if this is just something you and your mates did, mm-hmm. 
don't don't let me spend six months of my life making a movie with this of his other shit. Just tell me now. We'll laugh off. Well, we'll move on. Kind of thing. But the guys like I don't know what to say. What you see there is what happened. Is is hotel camera footage, you know. So they then arranged to meet um, a later date, but John flakes on him, and we then see him saying that he's left all these messages, and the guy, he's got another job, and now no longer wants to be involved in any way with the documentary, for fear that it kind of reflects him in some kind of crazy light or something like that. <laughs> Which it will. Yeah. The film then jumps forward another two years, and we see the, the guy, the filmmaker guy again, and he's gone and dug out his camera again and all that. And he says that after that kind of initial project, he got a lot of footage sent to him. But one in particular caught his eye from a guy called Greg in Pennsylvania. And it shows the video, and basically it's black and white footage of a living room. Just totally still, nobody in it. A light turns on, and then a few seconds later it turns itself off again. And again, just shortly after that, if you pay enough attention, you do see this very faint white figure move just past the doorway behind the light um, filmmaker calls Greg to see if he can fly up to speak to him about it because um, it turns out he's also a light aircraft pilot which appears to be like a big thing in the film but actually means fuck all Yeah. <laughs> um, his wife Terry goes with him and there's a brief scene in the plane where you can't hear a fucking thing that they're talking about so it could have been key to the film but I completely missed it because I'm talking over the intercom thing um, so they get to Pennsylvania they get to the house Greg shows them around he um, he shows them the little security camera that sits in his mantle that had filmed it just like a little home security camera thing um, Greg tells them that his father had bought his house, the house in the early 60s. He's lived there ever since, so he lived there with his parents, and then after they died, he lived there. He then says that basically there is some form of activity in that house, like paranormal activity, almost every day. Uh, both his parents died there. Um, his dad fell down the stairs when he was just a kid, and then his mum kind of unexpectedly died of a heart attack despite having just been passed fully fit like the day before and it's kind of implied that maybe something scared her to death type thing um, he says at night he hears the footsteps on the stairs and then he can sort of sense something outside his door but it never comes in he tells a story about um, one of the neighbours when he was away on business phones him because he, there's a figure standing at the window and all this kind of stuff Um and he then takes him down into the basement and shows him this large kind of like a porthole in the floor mm -hmm. um, which he says covers an old well um, he says all the houses in the area kind of have one um, and he then kind of tells him this local legend about a woman who apparently killed some local kids and put them in this well um, the lid's supposed to be like feasibly heavy kind of thing so he's got it propped open with some pliers so that you can get a grip if you ever need to move it type thing um, and that's it and basically after that they go home three weeks later Greg phones them and offers them to stay at the house uh, while he's out the country um, so they take the offer they fly back up there kind of thing um, do you know as I'm reading this I'm there's <laughs> 
there's very little funny in either of these films. No. So I, I apologise if this is not the funniest episode we've ever done, folks, but it is just doing to these films. I did say that. That was the that was a warning at the beginning. That's why we had so much frivolity at the start, Baz, is that Indeed. there is literally Indeed. nothing to make fun of either of these movies about. Because this one, even this one, which is kind of cheesy by its nature, unless you disagree at the end here, is actually really well acted. So yeah, it's kind of... I just, there's nothing obvious for me to latch on and mock, to be quite honest, which is where I fall down. Um, yeah, so basically, so they get, they get up to the house, Greg's gone. Um, Greg's a bit of an odd ball, but I didn't really feel it turned into the guy about it. He's actually quite well acted. Um, they get kind of settled in. Filmmaker guy gives a little tour of the house to go and check out the basement. It is not half as creepy as this guy thinks it is, it has to be said. Mm-hmm. It's like, God, this place is creepy. It's really not me. It's just a fucking basement. <laughs> I have seen, like, far worse. I was about to say, he needs to, he needs to come out and see some, uh, some of the, the older buildings in Glasgow or Edinburgh. Yeah, some of the tenements. Know, he, he makes zombie films for a fucking living, mate. Surely you can come up with something scarier than this. <laughs> um, he sets up all his cameras... And he then does this thing, he, he basically makes a cross out of toilet paper on the coffee table and puts like a ball in the middle of it, because <laughs> apparently ghosts can't resist moving a ball, mm-hmm. which I was unaware of, but fair enough, we'll, we'll, we'll let he, him go. Yeah, it. but didn't he, that, that was from his research, so you would imagine the internet. <laughs> yeah, and he, he does make a bit of a joke of himself. Um. So they go to bed, so this is the first night. There's very little happens. A light comes on down the stairs. Um, and in the morning, they discover the basement door is open. But that's about it. Nobody can remember if it was shut or not, so that's about it. There's a, a, a rather meaningless scene about a 16mm camera. Mm-hmm. Um, it's almost like it was meant to mean something in the film and it could cut out and edit, and I don't really know. It's like 16mm cameras are supposed to be susceptible for picking up paranormal activity. Yeah, but then it, it doesn't feature no, no, they use at all it, in the I rest of the film. They, I think they, they use it just purely for that clip and nothing comes up, so he disposes it at that point, which, yeah, once again, yeah. makes a bit of detail explaining that to you, and then it's never used again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, while they're down in the basement, there's some you can hear noises up above, just like odd wee noises. Um, he's very kind of disillusioned he's talking about quitting at this point uh, so it's the second night there's kind of footsteps in the stairs a door slams so he gets up smoke alarm's going so he goes downstairs there's smoke everywhere and basically all of the rings in the oven and the cooker and that have been turned on uh, the basement's open again so he gets a little bit freaked out about this um, he's asking his wife if she came down but she says no it wasn't her so the next day he kind of does some investigation um, and he finds a newspaper article on microfilm uh, that has a photo of the house and it also has a photo of Ruth Blackwell mm. who it turns out is the woman who killed the, all these kids years ago. Uh, and the photo actually is very creepy. The photo of her, has to be said, was quite creepy to look at. Reminded me of the innkeepers. Remember the, the woman from the innkeepers? The innkeepers, the ghost from that one. The, the oh, one yeah. It reminded me very much. <laughs> yeah, I'd forgotten about that, but yeah, no, you're right. Um, he then decides he needs to stay for one final night. Um, 
he goes down to the basement and opens up the well cap thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a really bad smell. He's complaining about the colour of the water and, and all that. And then he seals it back up. But he seals it back up completely. Like, he doesn't leave the pliers wedged in it, like the owner said to. Um, so he, he kind of shuts it off totally and then goes back upstairs. There's a bad storm that night. He's having some equipment issues. Surprise, surprise. Uh, a lot of the cameras are dead. Um, wakes up at two o'clock. Power to the house is going off, so the alarm's ringing down the stairs. Uh, so he has to go to the basement to deal with this. Doesn't want to. Um, when he's downstairs, all the taps are running in the house. He's a bit freaked out about that. He goes down the stairs uh, into the basement. Tries to put the power on for the lights and that, he's using his phone torch and then uh, he sees that the lid to the well is basically propped open again mm-hmm. and the ball is sitting on it. He goes into a complete panic, kind of screams, <laughs> runs out, all the taps are on again, the chandelier's swinging, there's some banging noises and they basically barricade themselves in the room. Um, next day they're getting ready to leave. Um, he says he doesn't really know what to do with the footage that nobody will believe him, which is kind of what John had said to him at the start. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's a little kind of summary dialogue that he gives uh, about encouraging people to go and visit somewhere that scares them. Um, and, but as this is talking, the footage from the final night where he runs out the... Um, when he runs out the basement replays and it kind of freezes just as he's holding the camera he, he sees the ball on the grate he shits himself and he spins around and runs off as he spins round in this recap they slow it down and you just see this very faint kind of ghostly figure yeah. in the background can't see anything at all it's literally nothing more than a shape uh, and then at the end of it they show footage of him setting his camera up which shows that part of the cellar and there's nothing there that yeah. could have possibly given that shape so it's implying that this is kind of the ghost of Ruth Blackwell or something um, and that, that is the end of the Blackwell ghost like I say it's not the longest film in the world nope. Duncan you're quite right there is not an awful lot happens in the film Um yeah, it's a decent enough film. I mean, I've seen far worse kind of haunted house found footage things. Yeah, the thing that sprung to mind was... Paranormal is, Entity springs to mind. Yeah, I was going to say, the thing that sprung to me was Bad Ben. Which yeah. Which is ostensibly the same movie, really. It's about, you know, something weird's happening in this house. It's happening in the basement. Uh, yeah. This guy's got cameras everywhere. And we follow the activities of him trying to interact. But this guy the thing that I think sells this movie is the kind of almost realistic portrayal of, I love the fact that this guy's like, even though there's been a couple of paranormal events by the second day, or you know, things that you could pass off as a paranormal event he's like that, we're probably just going to pack up actually, you know what I mean, there's yeah. like, which rational people would do, um, and also like when, on the third night when shit kind of starts to go down and he's upstairs and he knows that the power supply um, is in the basement his gut reaction is I don't want to go down there. 
Aye, I'm not fucking going there, yeah. Which, unlike our buddy who went up the fucking, <laughs> like, up into the, the, the Up attic. the haunted attic. <laughs> yeah, uh, twice. And then went wandering out to the baby grave. Aye, I, I, out into the woods to the fucking pet cemetery. Yeah, it's, and, and this guy, like, you know, this, I, I, I like, I, I feel that's a bit more honest. Um, and I, I think that's a bit more accurate uh, in terms of portrayal of how people would maybe necessarily react yeah that. but a, a very good example of that just when you're saying there about that night when it's all kicking off and he realises he has to go down there and he's stalking about going oh, I need to go down there I don't want to go down there mm. and his wife says do you want me to go yeah and that's the push yeah no no off. I'll go <laughs> that, that's exactly me yeah I did that's me that. I, I don't, I'm not going out there I don't, I don't want to go out there I don't want to go out there right will I go then no just sit there I'll go and do it <laughs> You know, I'm, that, yeah, I'll give you your do that. I know what you mean. That that was quite well acted, and it is exactly how I would have behaved. Yeah, yeah. I, I think I think that's I think that's well captured. I think they they handled that bit really well. Um, I'm intrigued to to hear if it if it did anything for you though, because it sounds like like you've given me a very clinical rundown of what happens in that movie. And yeah. What I did not hear is usually the telltale signs of a movie getting to you, which is, I was kind of uneasy when this happened, that this bit wasn't cool, uh, all of a sudden I involuntarily shouted shit. Um, none of those things have been mentioned. I'm now getting the sinking feeling that this movie did for you what it did for me, which was I appreciated it for what it was, but it did nothing. Uh, yeah, do you want to ask the question then? Yeah, I do. <laughs> I, do. <laughs> I really, really do. <laughs> You're like that. Duncan, I would like to answer this. However, for answer this, there's no point in you asking your question later yeah. on. Clearly, <laughs> is this your first time at the barbecue, Duncan? Do you not know how these things work? <laughs> right, so, um, now totally concerned that I'm going three movies fucking down. Um, like my worst run in the history of Baz v Halloween. Oh, fuck my life. Um, Baz, on the grandest stage of them all, which is not WrestleMania. Fuck you, Vince McMahon. It's um it's Baz v Halloween, um on the Pantheon, on the the, the mighty Colosseum of War. The War of Attrition. Movies on one side, Baz on the other. And this round I need to ask you, who won? Was it Halloween with the Blackwell Ghost or was it the Baz? Uh, I I've got to say a complete fucking canter, Duncan, it was the Baz. Yeah, that's what I thought. Um yeah, it's not a bad wee movie. This is like it's not even an hour long. It's really quite enjoyable to watch. There was bits of the acting I thought were a bit ropey, but in general, you know, better acting than we've seen quite a lot of these movies this year. Um, it's just I don't know. There, there was just even that stupid bad Ben, and and I did. I watched it under the same circumstances. I don't know. It just didn't get me at all. Yeah. There just wasn't enough focus on the kind of creepiness, the the little things that happen during the night and that. There were quite few and far between. Do you know what I mean? And I, I really thought they could have done something with this Ruth Blackwell. I, this must have been made on an absolute shoestring, this film. Well, even less than Bad Ben, I think. I'm... I'm going to disagree with you slightly. Okay. Right. And I'll, I'll, t I'll tell you why I'm going to disagree. One of the reasons... Because they chartered a little light plane. <laughs> no. 
one of the reasons I really like this movie, and unfortunately one of the reasons it did not scare me at all, or even get my, my pulse running, is I think, realistically, this is what a haunting is. If there is right. such a thing. Mm-hmm. If there is such a thing out there, Baz, this is what it is. All the kind okay. of all the kind of recorded things of hauntings, um if you if you read any books and to like anything to do with haunted houses or you know, if you hear any ghost stories like about actual haunted places, it's all about figures moving in front of, you know, walking past a door. Or yeah, yeah. things being switched on or off, or doors being open, or you know, those to me are not scary <laughs> like we spoke about it before in a certain context they are in something like the first paranormal activity when you're watching that for the first time a door opening in the middle of the night yeah that'll that'll unsettle you especially mm. if you know that that door shouldn't move um, mm. that's unsettling but for the most part that's one of the reasons I don't believe in ghosts at all um, is that I just, I think if someone was being, you know, condemned to, to like some sort of weird purgatory of, of being trapped on the earth, um, nothing terrifies me about the ability to switch on and off a light switch. And, yeah. you know what I mean? It really, like, that, that does, that does nothing for me at all. And it's, it's one of the reasons I'm, I'm adamant I just don't believe in ghosts. Um, I think technology is so far advanced now that if there was as many as people thought, there'd be lots of evidence. It's funny how like reported cases of hauntings and reported cases of UFOs have went down uh, as technology's increased. I'm just, just saying, you know, when everyone's walking around with cameras now, there's not many UFOs being taken photographs of or ghosts. Weird yeah, that. that's fucking true, actually, isn't it? Kind of, kind of strange, you know what I mean? You would think, if anything, Baz, those would go up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> turns out, turns out not. Not that I'm wanting to throw shade on them. Totally throwing shade on them. Um, but yeah, to me, that's what a haunting is. Realistically, that's what a haunting would be. Um, and as a result of that, it, it doesn't scare me. That's what it's, it's when you make a movie about the fantastical, when there's actual proper danger. Um, that's likely to get me. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But on this stage, this it, I can see why people are being tricked into thinking it's like a real documentary. Because to me, there are, if you go on Amazon Prime any given day of the, the week and go to your, your documentaries and look at any of the ghost hunting ones, they're all pretty much like this. So yeah. fits fits comfortably into that bracket. As a result of that, though, doesn't scare me. Yeah, no, but I would completely agree with that, actually. I would completely agree. Yeah. Oh, well, there we go. I am doing terrible in this competition. Um, <laughs> like, absolutely horrendous. Um, however, we did manage to claw back a point, and, um, yeah, we, we will tally up the scores uh, when we close out the show. Baz, we're going to do that right after this. You're listening to the podcast Under the Stairs. And welcome back. So you've been listening to the podcast Under the Stairs. This is Baz v Halloween 2017, episode number three, where the Baz took on the listener choice of a little movie called Megan is Missing and my choice of a little movie called The Blackwell Ghost. And at the end of it all, as the dust settles, 
Um, we have another win to the listeners and ultimately to Halloween with Megan is missing taking down the Baz uh, and the Blackwell Ghost not even remotely in with a shot um, and Baz cruises over the third of my choices um, really kind of kind of putting the boot right into my testicle sack um, just like really right in there um, so yeah the current scoring at the moment is four to the Baz and two to Halloween and two to the listeners and zero uh, to Duncan um, which is which is pretty poor however that being said we did manage to claw a point back on this episode and at least keep Baz at bay once more uh, Baz is still not at that magic number which means he cannot be defeated um, and we, we still have two episodes and four movies to play with. Baz, how are you feeling after round number three? Uh, I'm feeling alright. I'm slightly concerned I'm getting a little bit punchy because uh, talking about that Blackwell ghost there, I was starting to get... <laughs> when I was talking about it, I was getting little goosebumps and stuff like that and I think I, I'm worried I'm hitting that saturation point that I had with Paranormal Activity that first year. Mm-hmm where the films aren't very good, but I'm just in such a fucking state that they're going to start affecting me. <laughs> so I'm kind of hoping that's not the case. Um, yeah, in, in general, I'm feeling pretty good. Um, I'm, I'm feeling not too bad. What are we saying? 4-2? 4-2 at the moment. So It's no bad after week three, to be yeah, honest. If, if, you run the, if you run the train on next week's episode, um, you will win. Um, if you defeat one movie next week's episode, you cannot be defeated. Yeah, I'm unbeatable at that point, yeah. So, yeah, so you're doing very, very well. It is worth saying, I think this point last year, we were in a similar position and we did manage to claw back a few movies towards the end. And towards the end, yeah. yeah. And that's like you see, you, you, you get to that point where things just start mounting up. Um, and on the next episode we have two really good movies I'm very very much looking forward to, to, to covering them both um, the first one as selected by the listeners uh, is the Haneke movie Funny Games and we're tackling the original Finnish version um, so so make sure you get that one um, and the second movie we will be looking at is my choice uh, is a little movie called Capture Kill Release which is formally out um, this month in the UK on Blu-ray, I believe, uh, but is available already in the States. Capture, kill, release. It's a little found footage serial killer movie. So, yeah, so for those out there that want to do the homework, get them watched, um, and, and you can come back next week and hear how the Baz favours with those ones. So a bit of home invasion um, with a slightly different tinge funny games and a little bit of serial killer film footage um, movie for, for the second feature so we'll see we'll see how we go um, yeah you, you're, I think I got asked this question interestingly enough last week um, so truth be told anyone that's kind of trying to pinpoint exactly where shows are being recorded uh, we're recording this episode on Monday the 2nd of October um, and last week someone asked me um, if Baz has been watching horror movies for almost four years at what point is he no longer a horror novice Yeah, that's a really good question we've I, talked about this before actually it does come up from time to time yeah, and I think realistically 
think realistically, even even if we even if at the end of this series, you know, is a draw, or even if at the end of the series you you lost it, or it was very very close to call, um, you know, Baz v Halloween can still exist in a world where Baz is no longer considered a horror novice because it's basically the the premise of this competition is is put forward on can can I pick a movie that scares you or just gets you um, and to be honest with you there are certain movies that get me um, so you could put me in that chair bit more difficult to put me in that chair than it is to put you in that chair because there are some clear obvious targets on you with certain movies um, yeah. although in saying that those targets are getting harder to hit every single season um, but I think realistically next year I think you, you, we will probably be in a position where we can no longer refer to you as a horror novice um, and I think it's more just enjoying the ride of hearing you review movies and I think there's, there is nothing <laughs> nothing wrong with that at all I think it's very difficult to be in any position now to even label you as someone who's not even a horror fan your knowledge is good man your knowledge is is surprisingly good for someone that had zero fucking knowledge four years ago uh, like <laughs> legit zero fucking knowledge so yeah so um, in answer to the, the, the question I got posted on the Facebook group page there you go that's my stance and I think you'd agree Baz yeah, it's hard not. Um, there are times someday when I feel like a bit of a fraud because I'll see people, you know, oh yeah, I do this podcast and then, um, you know, my mate runs it, he's a horror fanatic, he knows all about horror films and that and I, I never saw any of them so they just show me them to terrify me and then they start, you know, we talk about it and I'm going like, yeah, but have you seen this? <laughs> I but no, no, but have you seen the original Japanese version of it because it's like far, but you know, and I've, I've seen folks start to glaze over in recent times when I talk about horror films and yeah. I'm like, oh my god, I am boring you about this and I'm not meant to know anything about it. So yeah, there, there, there's the tipping point, I think, is rapidly approaching. Yeah. Um, I think you'll always still be able to... It's like you say, you'll always find something that gets me, the stuff that gets you. Part of the problem is you've seen 10 times the amount that I have. Yeah. So, there's still quite a broad spectrum of films there that you can try to get, maybe. Mm-hmm. Try to pick a film that you've never fucking seen before, Dunk's nigh on impossible, <laughs> do you know what I mean? Um, <laughs> Apparently yeah, I'm difficult to shop for as well, I don't uh, know where that started. <laughs> I do take your point though, you know what I mean? Um, it, it does, it's going to get to a point, I think, where our original premise will have to end. That doesn't, that's not to say that I'm going to, you know, the, the Baz V horror will stop. Yeah. I think it just needs to change its, its track a little yeah. bit and I think possibly we're edging ever nearer that day. That was the plan though. I mean, well, if we of course, this, yeah, of course. The, the original aim in the first year was to get a tolerance for, for horror. The second and third years were your kind of horror high school, which was an education in horror. Mm-hmm. to give you different subgenres and different movies which I thought you should watch and since then we've piled on franchises and fuck knows what else has went on top of that as well that is all gearing up to the ultimate goal from my point of view was to get in a position where if I hadn't spoke to you in a month and I was chatting to you and I said have you seen any good movies recently that there'd be a couple of horror titles in there and that day passed years ago <laughs> oh yeah I mean that, that happens all the time <laughs> so that happens all the time yeah so I mean at that stage you know like I, 
I mean, it's not even it's, it's not even a case of of wanting that anymore. That's that's there. We had this great conversation. Dave was on the show. We were doing it when we were talking about Hounds of Love, and I said to you, given the choice of a Marvel movie or a horror movie, what would you watch? And you, oh, very much a horror movie nowadays. I. And that says as much about the Marvel films as it does about horror films, right enough. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, like but you would, no, yeah, it's, it's my go-to thing, man. You would sit and watch the the fucking Beaster Bunny. Yeah, you know, what I mean, knowing fine well that there's a like a, a good ninety percent chance that that movie's going to be shite. Yeah. Uh, before you watched, I don't know, fucking Captain America was. too. Uh, so, you know what I mean, That's, that, that speaks to me about at that point. I, I can't say that you're not a horror fan because you totally yeah. are. Um, so yeah. So oh, I don't think I can say I'm not a horror fan anymore either. Don't to be honest. So hopefully that answers that question. I, I just I thought I'd bring that up because it was something that was raised that I thought yeah at this point we kind of need to start acknowledging certain truths on this show. Um, <laughs> uh, although I don't think we've ever shied away from them. We just don't publicly talk about. Um, yeah. So yeah. So there we go. Uh, we we are we've closed at another fantastic episode. This series is always interesting. It's always interesting because I hear you do reviews, and when I heard you talking about Megan is missing, I was almost a hundred percent that you'd walked it. And then you hear the after effect, and it's the after effect that sometimes. And I experienced the same after effect, which is weird, but it's the after effect sometimes to me that's a really interesting part of the, the journey of a movie is finding those movies which just go with you after the credits roll. You know, they, they stay around, they linger around like a bad smell for a couple of days. Um, and yeah, I, I, when that comes out, it's always interesting to see what gets you. Um, yeah, it was a definite strange one, that movie, I've got to say. Yeah. Um, like, I remember going to bed thinking, nah, I've done that. I mean, that that's what, another one for the bars. Yeah. And it, just this creeping change, it, it was really quite odd. I, I still can't quite explain how it happened, but there was just no getting by it, you know what I mean? Oh, weird, weird, weird. Well, we'll see where things go. Two episodes left for movies to go. There's a multitude of ways to check out the podcast under the stairs. Apple Podcasts is the preferred method that we like to pimp uh, on this show. You can go across and subscribe to our feed, and that way you get the episodes as and when they drop. You get access to the entire back catalogue of episodes as well. Um, please rate us and reviews over there. The ratings are super important because they push the profile of the show and the iTunes charts. If it's five stars, for example, the more of them we get, the higher up the charts we are for people to find the show. The reviews are equally important. The reviews tell people why they should check out the show. From you, our listener, why should someone check out this show? We've got some fantastic reviews over there. We'd love to see some more. We're greedy that way. Take seconds for you to do. It doesn't cost anything. It means the world to us. You can check us out at Stitcher Smart Radio on SoundCloud, TuneIn and Google Play. Um, please visit our website, tputzcast.com. And at the bottom of that page, you can join our newsletter. Visit our Facebook group page, which is growing every day. Um, every day now, I'm getting about two or three new members. I think in the last week and a half we've jumped up 15 members um, and that number just keeps going and this is the month that it'll do that October is always a month when people start seeking out a couple of horror podcasts but come across it's facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash T putts cast um, and the Baz is in charge of our twin prongs of social media sexiness um, Baz how can people interact with you and what are those sites you can catch us on the Twitter 
you can catch us on the Instagram and you'll catch us both those places at Teapot's Cast. You'll notice I'm starting to slur now. <laughs> That's the Whiskey Max kicking in, folks. It's at Teapot's Cast on Twitter and Instagram. Hit me up. Send me pictures of your junk. Just do it. Don't do it, don't do it. Uh, <laughs> don't listen to him. Oh my god. Right. <laughs> um so this is the, the end of this episode. This has been the third instalment of our annual Baz V Halloween series. We have two left and uh, so much to play for. The game is still very much afoot. Um it'll be interesting to see where it goes in the final two episodes. As always, last word goes to the Baz. Hey, thanks, folks. It's been an absolute blast. That's the halfway mark. In and down, bitches. Bring on week four. <laughs> and from myself, wherever you are, whatever the time zone is, and whatever you're up to in this big bad world, this is Duncan McLeish broadcasting live from under the stairs, and I'm signing off. <laughs>